All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Move Well Radio Podcast. Today, if you guys are listening in your car, it might be worthwhile taking a peek at the YouTube video. Uh, that'll come as well because we're going to be utilizing some visual aids, right? <clears throat> so today we want to talk about what the rehab timeline and rehab process like actually looks like because everybody wants to go from injury right over to recovery in a straight line it's just not how it works or people just want to be completely out of pain and do everything that they want all of a sudden honestly it's just it's just not how it works right so if we were to take a look at a graph and we were to plot your pain level in red here starts off high and then over time comes down right but starts high ends low and we were to plot your activity level on the same graph which would be typically low at first then goes up this is a typical rehab timeline as we're looking at this your pain starts off high even when your activity is low so you're not doing much or not nearly as much as you want to be and your pain comes on quickly even if at some point even if when you come in you can still do a fair amount right in the overall scheme of the graph your activity is going to be low because we're going to keep it going up to being able to do everything that you want without pain so now when we're looking at this here what people really want is to get past this little intersection, right? And until this point where the pain is way down and the activity is way up, people sometimes can be like, ah, I'm not getting better, right? Especially in the very beginning of this graph where pain hasn't gone down really a ton, but the activity is coming up, right? And then once we get into this section over here, things are really starting to progress along. But what people don't understand, or they don't think about uh, until we have a conversation about it, is that this area here, right, where your pain is relatively similar, but your activity level is increasing, that is also progress. I can do more, with this same pain, things are getting better. If normally walking hurts at a six out of 10, and now you can run at a six out of 10, maybe a poor example, but the walking is okay now, and you can do more before the pain level either increases or goes back to that level, uh, your baseline level, right? Still progress. People start to feel a little bit better about their progress when they're in this midline here and they really start to see the pain go down even though uh, the activity isn't you know, at the top of the graph yet. You're not back to full thing. This is really what people focus on, but they don't think too much about the activity. Everybody wants to be over here where the pain's way down and the activity is way up. And you'll get there, but it is a process to start, I mean, to get there. And to start off, a lot of times people can have a sudden drastic change in pain, right? You can probably accomplish that if you just stop doing everything that hurts you, right? That's not what this is about though. This is about keeping you moving and progressing and getting you back to doing the things that you love without having pain. So as you're looking at continuing to stay active, in, if you find yourself in a rehab process, you're still having pain, but every week, every day, you can do a little bit more and the pain doesn't get worse or stays about the same or even gets less, that's really good. Now, the other thing that, that tends to mess people up, like that first thing that I was talking about is everybody wants to go from injury, right, to recovery in this straight line. Like it's just not, it's just not the way that it works out most of the time, right? So we have injury over here and we have recovery over here. Everybody wants to go 
It's right there, right? It's like that, uh, if they could do uh, like that book, A Wrinkle in Time, if they could just move those points together and not have this process, everybody would love it. And trust me, if there was a magic answer, we would give it to you. But this line is not typically how it works. I mean, that's not how it works literally with anything, right? Even if you get out of a relationship and you're having some, <laughs> you're going through some emotional recovery, You'll have good days and you'll have bad days, right? But those days where you're not doing so hot uh, will get less and less frequent. They'll get less and less severe. And if you got out of a breakup and one day, months later, you find yourself sad or crying about it, it's like, I'm not back at the beginning, right? I'm having a rough day or a rough couple of days. And that's kind of a normal, that's just accepted, right? People understand that it's part of the process. When it comes to physical pain, people don't expect that. A shout out to my therapist. She, uh, she's, <laughs> she's the one that brought that to my attention many, many years ago, right? And I was like, just kind of relating it back to what I do. And it's the same thing here. People want that. But what really is happens is you start to go. And then you'll have a little loop and you'll continue on. You'll have a loop and then maybe one day you'll have a big loop, but you'll quickly progress back over there. And really what's important is that we are still moving in the right direction towards recovery, period, right? And the awesome part is that with these loops that you have in rehab, there is always a reason for them. People don't understand that. They don't think about that. They just think, oh, I've had pain uh, again, so it must not be working. Typically, when we have these conversations with people, <laughs> it's funny because I set the expectation that we're gonna be having this conversation, right? That you are gonna have these loops. Like you are not gonna go forward in a straight line. It's just not gonna happen. Right? And we'll tell people there'll be a time probably when you come in and uh, you're gonna be really upset. So you're gonna be like, it's not working. And I'm like, all right, calm down. Let's, let's talk about this. And then we dig in and we find out they haven't had any pain for six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 days. And they haven't been paying any attention to what it is that they're doing. And they've kind of filled their bucket up too much, so to speak, right? Or they've swiped their credit card too much. And now, now they've reached the limit, right? They've overdrawn their credit limit. And now they're in pain because they're getting the bill in the mail. So we talk about that. We bring it back around to, you know, reminding them that even though you're feeling really good, things on the inside typically aren't doing as well as you're feeling. Get them to <laughs> reel it in a little bit. Typically within a day or two, they're kind of over the hump and they're able to get back on the right track to recovery. And, and that's pretty much uh, the, the gist of it, right? Especially when it comes to, I mean, okay, let's reconceptualize this. How many times have you've seen a, like a basketball player sprain their ankle? When they sprain their ankle, what happens if they just go out and play another basketball game? They sprain their ankle again and again, or it hurts and it hurts and it hurts for a long period of time because they keep irritating. If you sprain your ankle bad enough, what do we do? We put you in an air cast, right? Maybe we give you some crutches. And then over time, like maybe you don't put your foot down on the ground at all, right? Non-weight bearing. Over time, what do we do? You put your toes down. You can start walking with the assistance of the crutch. You can get rid of the air cast. You can get rid of one crutch. Get rid of both crutches. And then you're running, cutting, strengthening, doing all of this stuff. But it's a process. What happens if you're not putting your ankle, your foot on the ground? It doesn't hurt, right? It feels okay. And then you're like, oh, I don't want these crutches. You throw them away. You start walking. You try to run. You're like, oh God, okay, that hurts a lot. Because things felt really good, but they weren't actually doing as good as you felt they were. So once you increase the activity past that tissue tolerance level or, or past the protect by pain line, really, then you're gonna have pain. There's, it's gonna happen, it's part of the process. But that's why having somebody to 
reel you in and let you know like, hey, you're feeling really good, like let's hold off. You have to slowly increase the stress over time is really what helps a lot of people out. You roll your ankle and you play, you miss one game and then you go back because it feels pretty good and you roll your ankle again. You can do that and you can miss five, six, seven, you know, 10 games. Whereas if you would have just sat out the extra game or two in the beginning, you would have been able to get back to doing what you want to do faster, especially faster than being a knucklehead. Like, ah, oh, it feels kind of good. Let me test it. Let me test it. Let me test it. It's human nature, right? People come in and they're like, oh, it hurts when I do this weird thing. Like, don't, don't do that, <laughs> right? Or if your back doesn't hurt and normally standing up tall or leaning back hurts, you're like, oh, does this hurt? Oh, oh yeah, it still hurts. Oh, does this hurt? Nope. Does this hurt? Nope. Does this hurt? Oh yeah, there it is, now it hurts again. It's like we continue to look for that pain. If you sprained your ankle, you wouldn't go stomping. Does this hurt? Does it hurt? Oh yeah, now it hurts. It just doesn't make sense, right? So, I mean, the other thing that we could talk about is, uh, is how pain actually works, right? Like the tissue tolerance and when you start to get pain and how that whole situation works. Pain is not made in the, the body, right? Like, it's made in the brain. You've got these things called nociceptors that send, they're like, uh, they're like danger receptors, nerve endings, right? And they send signals up to your brain and it interacts with all these different neuro tags, billions of different groups of neurons. And uh, <clears throat> it's really everything from your past experience to your thoughts and beliefs, right? And then it all kind of comes together and your brain says, maybe there is some danger. Yeah not damage, maybe there's some danger and it sends a signal out to be felt somewhere in the body. Thus, phantom limb pain, you ever heard of that? Someone losing their arm or their leg and their arm or leg still hurts. Obviously the pain can't be made in the arm or the leg because it's not, it's not there anymore, right? So uh, that's just kind of a little insight onto, as to how that works, right? I was actually lucky enough to spend three or four days with Lorimer Mosley, who's like the world's leading pain scientist. And he, they, out of New Zealand, they do crazy shit. Like they're able to bring on like torture victims, physical pain by playing the sound of chains when they've been uh, chained up, right? They're able to bring on high level, uh, elite level cyclist pain that uh, had a wipeout, a crash going downhill, right? By putting them into a very expensive room that's all made of screens and making it look like they're going downhill, even though they're on flat ground on a bike. And then it will turn their pain off by making it look like they're going straight again. It has nothing to do with the actual damage that was sustained, right? So then when we're looking at pain, it's a protective mechanism. So we'll call these like physical activity mountains, right? It'll go up and then we'll have another one over here. So if you typically get, let's say, uh, pain here, right? This is pain. And then we'll call this line your tissue tolerance line, which is right, TT for short. That means as you're kind of going up in the loading that this, of this tissue, you're gonna get pain before you get damaged, before you have tissue failure. And there's this little buffer here to create pain as a protective mechanism to prevent you from actually having any damage or tissue failure. Make sense? After you sustain an injury or you have an experience of pain, what can happen is that your tissue tolerance can then drop down. So now instead of having to get this high in the mountain, uh, now this is gonna drop down, right? So that's actually a relatively small drop in the tissue tolerance. So it means yes, you will likely have tissue failure a little bit sooner, but what happens to your protect by pain line? Now that drops way down. What this means is that you're going to be 
more protected. Instead of having this little two finger buffer, you're gonna have this big buffer where you're gonna be coming up and your alarm system is going to go off a lot sooner, okay? You're gonna get pain much sooner than you typically would, meaning you actually are safer, right? Maybe your tissue tolerance is a little bit less, but you're gonna get pain a lot sooner, a lot more intense as a bigger protective mechanism. So then what do we do from there? This is why sometimes, not typically with any kind of spinal care or nerve root irritation or any ridiculous symptoms from the spine. You come and see us and we're like, this is from your spine. This rule doesn't apply, <laughs> okay? But if it's not coming from your spine, typically we'll tell people it's okay to exercise. It's okay to go through your rehab as long as you aren't more than like a three out of 10 in discomfort, right? So no burning, stabbing, shooting, any of that kind of stuff, uh, pain, discomfort, and we don't want it increasing. So if it's like two or three out of 10 and it kind of stays there, that's okay. We also want it to dissipate and decrease very quickly after you stop doing the exercise. If I have a little bicep, thing going on and I'm doing bicep curls and it's a two out of three that's okay if it goes four ah, five okay I'm gonna stop and we would expect that to decrease really quickly if it's still sore 24 hours later especially which is a long time I mean like literally want to decrease within minutes but if it's still sore 24 hours later then you've done too much we need to dial that back if it's increasing then you're doing too much it could be too much loading too much volume there's all different kind of variabilities that we can play around with here but in the end, right, if your tissue tolerance is here and your protect by pain line is here, we need to set a baseline, right, that is slightly above your pain line. So that way there we can push everything up over time, okay? You wanna push your protect by pain line up, you wanna push your baseline up, and we wanna especially push your tissue tolerance up as well. These will get closer, right? You'll go back to having your tissue tolerance and then your protect by pain line will again be a much smaller buffer. But the way that it works is that we have to be constantly pushing it. So if I get pain here, we don't wanna be up here. We wanna be right along the edge of it. So we can kind of nudge it along progressively over time. And then you also have to think like, when we're doing things like this, it's not really about getting you back to where you were because that's where you got injured. Do you wanna go back to the state that you got injured in or do you wanna come back better than that? So it's not just about rebuilding the tissue tolerance to its original state, but actually rebuilding the tissue tolerance to increase its capacity from the state it was in when you got injured. And then also taking a look around and seeing what other contributing factors were maybe placing too much stress on that specific tissue, right? If you have a knee problem and someone's only treating your knee, they're missing the boat. We know that you have to look above and below the site of pain for contributing factors. The knee is a hinge joint. Like, yes, there's a little bit of rotation and a little bit of different movements, right? But primary function is it's a hinge, right? So if the thing that moves more above it, the thing that moves more below it isn't working and the knee starts moving in ways that's maybe not so much the hinge to make up for it, we probably wanna address that, right? Because we can do anything, everything that we want to get rid of the knee pain, but getting you out of pain is the easy part. Let's deal with the improper mechanics or the incomplete mechanics that are leading you to having poor movement patterns that over time have led to these incidences that now lead up to an injury, right? Just period. So here's a, that's another cool topic here that we can, we can touch on real quick is how do these injuries even occur? 
right? I didn't plan on talking about this, but I think it, it makes a lot of sense to. Because people are like, oh, I didn't do anything. Well, one, if you're existing, you're doing something. Right now I'm standing, I'm breathing, right? I'm bending, I'm doing something, even if I'm just sitting. People are like, oh, I just bent over to tie my shoes or pick up a pillow and I blew my back out. It's not how it works, right? That was just the one. Your credit card was at its limit and you swiped it and now you've got an overdraft fee. It's not one thing, typically. Obviously, there can be a traumatic incident that does then cause that, uh, <clears throat> but not usually. So usually it starts out with, like I was saying, some kind of incomplete mechanics, right? So don't judge my handwriting here. I'm trying to put on my uh, neat handwriting, but it's, it's really not that neat. I also forgot <laughs> to put that in there first. So start out with some kind of incomplete mechanics or improper mechanics. And that could be strength, mobility, movement and motor patterns in a way that just irritates things over time, right? If I do this over and over and over again, my finger's really not designed to move like that, it's my knuckle's gonna get irritated, right? If I just lean on this long enough, like something's gonna get sore. Maybe my elbow, my shoulder will get a little bit sore. And then over time, those mechanics lead up to these little incidents, right? Now these incidences, they're typically not a big deal. Right? They don't really uh, affect your life too much. Maybe a little numbness and tingling or a little sore knee for a day and then it goes away or you wake up and your elbow hurts, but it gets better throughout the day. It doesn't really affect your life a lot. But over time, those incidences, right? Those credit card swipes, they add up. And then we have an injury. This is typically where we see people after they've waited entirely too long to, <laughs> to get help because they think, oh, if I just wait, it'll get better. It's like, it's kind of funny to me how long people will wait. Like, yeah, I've been waiting for six months, eight months, 10 years, 14 years for this to just get better and it hasn't. Sometimes it goes away for a little bit though and then it comes back. That's what you're about to see with the cycle. Uh, so I, I just was hoping one time it would just go away entirely and never come back. Uh, pro tip, if you're dealing with something and it's been more than like a couple of weeks, couple meaning two, uh, and it's still there, like go see somebody get some help. But what happens after we have an injury? From that injury, you get more incomplete mechanics through compensations, right? Also, we're gonna get some pain. What happens when you're in pain? <laughs> you have more compensations. And this is where people like to stop, right? This is how we look at injuries, most of them, a lot of them, figuring out, okay, step one, how do we get you out of pain, right? That's the easy part. That's where most people stop. They get out of pain, traditional rehab, whatever it is that they're doing, they're like, oh, you don't have pain, you're good. But look, we're still stuck in this cycle. So what happens? You just go around again, you have pain. You go around again, you have pain. And you go through this cycle of just chasing the pain and it doesn't actually ever fix your problem. If that sounds familiar, you should probably call us one. Uh, she was a message, but you have to do something different. So getting you out of pain is just the first step, right? That's freaking easy stuff. That's the easiest part. Then we gotta spend some time dealing with these improper mechanics, right? Whatever that is for you. And then from there, right, you gotta check in on these mechanics every once in a while to make sure that you're actually making changes. Because if I tried to teach you how to do something like tie your shoes differently, very simple task, it would probably take you a long time to learn that. And then what do you do if you're in a rush? You default back to your old ways, right? This is how you're lifting, how you're doing, whatever the activities are, whether it's hiking, running, biking, lifting, playing the guitar, like drum, it doesn't matter. This is gonna be specific to whatever you have going on. But then checking in to make sure that these incidences don't pop up every once in a while, right? And making sure that you're actually changing your mechanics long-term, that is how you break this cycle and you actually get rid of your pain long-term. It doesn't matter if you make a short-term change, 
make a short-term change, you're gonna get back into that cycle if you start having the same mechanics and you're gonna find yourself in the same exact spot. So now you understand a little bit about how pain works, right? What the rehab process looks like, what actually constitutes improvement in the beginning of rehab, and then likely why you've been stuck in this cycle for so long. If you have any questions, shoot us a message. We'd love to chat.